Hello and welcome to Guy Perryman Interviews. Our travel companion today is Adrian Sherwood, master of dub music, producer, remixer, DJ and on you sound record label founder, who has worked with legends in the genre, including Lee Scratch Perry, Horace Andy, Tackhead, Gary Clayle, and remixed for Depeche Mode, Primal Scream, Nine Inch Nails and many more, who was in Tokyo for sold-out live and DJ sets at Ebisu Liquid Room in September 2023. The conversation took place at Sherwood's press session at Bar Bridge Shibuya and was first broadcast across Japan on my Inter-FM radio show. Enjoy the journey. It is wonderful to welcome on board Adrian Sherwood. Hello. Lovely to be back. Thanks for having us. Great to be back with you again, too. It's a very hot tropical day here in Tokyo, and I've dragged out the tropical shirt, which I thought was appropriate for a bit of dub today. It's, it's very colourful, <laughs> and it suits you. Welcome back to Tokyo. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. It's been nearly four years, and uh, very much looking forward to our, our, our events this week. You've got a big event at Liquid Room, and also you're here for art. There's the gallery pop-up the Bank Robber Labo Shibuya exhibition and pop-up. What do you know about that? I actually went there earlier. We saw all the On You Sound posters and records, but we've got some rare artwork and lots of posters and pictures and obviously a whole set of records and CDs in there from spanning a 40-year period. And the visual's always been a big part of what you do too. Well, originally, Kishi Yamamoto, she did all... My, my, my wife, she did ex-wife, she did... Um, all the wonderful sleeves and uh, photography, and she used to run Zigzag East here. It uh, was exceptional. And that was the iconic imagery of all the great photographs. Uh, in recent years, we've been working with the artist Peter Harris, who's wonderful. He's did all the Lee Perry and recently Head Charge and the new Croatian Rebel. And just keeping kind of good artwork and good imagery, very important. I want to go right back to the real beginning of of your musical life was there a person or an event that got you on your musical trajectory definitely prince farai started me off i mean working with farai gave me credibility he helped me by giving me a couple of things to release early on on the hit run label when i was barely nine was 19 or something and prior to that i'd worked with him issuing his first ever album psalms on carib gems he basically gave me credibility to get started and i have to give all thanks to the late, great uh, Prince Farah. Did you come from a musical family? What about your childhood? Um, my childhood was a bit uh, rough, really. My mum um, wanted to be a singer. She, she was offered to join a, well, it was a George Mitchell singers in the, in the 1950s, which was a famous, uh, they had a black and white minstrel show, which is kind of a really weird <laughs> vocal thing. Which hopefully I think has stopped now. <laughs> it has stopped now, yes, but that was... One of the things they were famous for. And then she fell pregnant. My father died when I was five, so I had a quite of a weird childhood. But my mum would have been a singer, and she was a lovely lady, bless her, mm. and Jill. And she, my stepfather, who I wasn't the closest to on earth, but he liked his music, and he kind of... There's always music playing at the house, from Ray Charles to Jimi Hendrix and whatever. And I always had lots of friends who were into music, and that, so I had, I had lots of music around me from an early age. Mm. Then we fast forward to On You Sound. How and why did you start the label? I'd already run a couple of labels, starting off with Carib Gems, then Hit Run, then 4D Rhythms, with some obscure labels, but very great to those who know of them. In that period, I'd met the guys from The Slits and various other bands, Mark Stewart and the pop group, 
people who were into reggae but they weren't doing that and they helped me enter a world where contributing to recordings I did and me helping them with things we um, created a world where lots of people who wouldn't normally have been in a room together were working together and that led to the first recording New Age Steppers Mark Stewart and the Mafia and all the things that came from it from Creation Rebel which was pre on you out of that came things like African Head Charge singers and players and that was the growth of the label from over 40 years ago. A number of years ago, I interviewed John Lydon and he got really grumpy when I asked him a question about, I think it's amazing and wonderful of the UK, a lot of the black and white music came together. And of course, reggae and dub and everything that happened. But John Lydon, he was like, I don't understand your question. I don't see music as a colour. And I thought that was a great answer, actually, because he said there is no colour in music. The point I wanted to make was just that joy of mixing the black and white music together in the UK, which obviously you love. Yeah, well, I understand John always wants to be controversial or something, but there was music that came, you know, if you're looking at the heavy drumming from Africa, it's very black African. Music is, like he said, it, it shouldn't be black, white, whatever, but there's music that does come from origins from Africa that led to Jamaica, the Jamaican experience, what happened to people from the Caribbean and black Americans is totally different to what people, if you left the British to their own, they're probably listening to Umpa, some kind of big band, you know. You got... No, I think, you know, each one teach one, each one's inspired. I remember John vividly in the days when they had uh, the 100 Club on Oxford Street. Tuesday nights was punk night, Thursday nights was reggae night, lied in an area up, and other people would never be there on a Tuesday. They were always there on the reggae night, so... <laughs> Don't know what that says, but, you know, hey. Speaking of On You Sound and Tackhead, I think it was the loudest show I've ever been to in my life. How's your hearing? Uh, what? <laughs> Where was that, in London? Or oh, God, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, it might have been here in Tokyo, actually. Yeah, well, I think at the time we wanted it to be confrontational, loud, and so you're almost like buried in, in it, you know, that serious. I still like it loud, but I don't quite go to the level that we were in the 80s. <laughs> But my hearing is just about okay. <laughs> Good. Recent releases, of course, with the great Lee Scratch Perry, the album Rainford. Rainford was his birth name, his childhood name, which I didn't know. And Heavy Rain, which is some reworkings. And Brian Eno, of course, appears on there too. I mean, you've worked with amazing people. I've been very lucky. I've worked with lots of people from around the world, you know, from the very earliest remixes with like Depeche Mode to recent things where I've worked with the bands like Spoon and now I've just got coming out soon Panda Bear and Sonic Boom and some other great things. I've been a very lucky, lucky person. I do count my lucky stars. I think I'm I'm blessed and I've had a very lucky, I would say lucky, very blessed life. If you're going to do a mix for, say, Depeche Mode, who you mentioned, or The Slits or Nine Inch Nails or Primal Scream, do you approach different artists in a, in a different way or just go in and say, you know, do, do you give them the Adrian Sherwood mix? Well, you've got to listen to what they're doing and where they might want to go. When I did, I did an album with Primal Scream, the Echo Deck album, I had Bobby and Andrew Innes, you know, the leaders of the band, pushing me and we like this, we like more, more, or, or no, we don't like this. And we got a great result. And similarly, when I was with Ministry and we did the, the album, which is again 40 years ago, tended to get the best results when I had people with us and we they push you and get the results. I approach everything, though, where I'm working with the tonality in the same way and trying to create space so the frequencies all work and there's not a, a dense clash of all things playing at the same time. So I'm quite good at separating the sonic. You've just had a big night in London. You're about to have a big night in Tokyo. You obviously still love being on the stage, doing the live, being out there in front of the audience. 
Do you still love it? <laughs> well, I've never, I, to be honest with you, back in the day, I was never on a stage. I could always hide. I was like, <laughs> I was like the restaurateur who washed the dishes because I could, when I was mixing, a lot of people, well, people would be watching me, but they'd be mixing the band. They're watching Tackhead on stage or Mark Stewart or Head Charger, whoever, and I'd be in the back. And then 20-odd years ago, I, I was starting to, to be invited to do DJing events, you know, and, you know, I've never been hit-oriented and hugely successful. It's still always been somewhat underground. But then I decided to put my name on the, on the, on the front cover for the first time with Never Trust a Hippie. And then I was kind of projected where I was being watched, you know what I mean? Like, I, I would still almost rather hide away, but I can't so much anymore. So now I've, I've uh, been making the effort to try and make my live shows better and get the visuals and do some more interesting things. And uh, recently we've just done this surround sound live dub show, yeah. which we did last week in Hackney, at Hackney Earth. And... I thought that's very, very exciting with, with uh, surround sound dub. It was the first one in the world ever done, and I'm very proud, where we pulled it off in collaboration um, with L Acoustics and the guys uh, at Dolby. But I must admit, before I'm doing anything, I just want to get it started because I'm a bit anxious, want to get going. Once it all gets going and after it's finished, you feel elated if you do a great show and you're part of something really good. It's a wonderful feeling and also seeing people getting off on what you've made and what you do. I can see why artists and musicians, because I didn't see myself as an artist or a musician ever, why it's so addictive and why you love it so much, because it's an interaction of something magical and mystical, and that's, that's great. I always speak with people about the power of music, and you've just mentioned the magic and the mystique with music. Has music always saved your life when you were very young having a tough time perhaps have you always turned to music oh 100 percent. i think god knows what i'd have done if i hadn't been in i'd probably been a salesman or something because i'm good at <laughs> I'm good at waffling i've been told but the um music is is has been beautiful people that i've worked with and met and all the people sharing ideas and creative involvements it's a great thing to do and even even if it's a hobby you know i think just creating things as a hobby is is is, is wonderful doing music at home having fun but Interactions with great players and other technicians and engineers and creative people and artists, the likes of Peter Harris I've been working with lately, and on and on and on. What a blessed thing. It's great. The thing I've loved about dub and reggae and the live shows is, of course, the sound systems and that great big sound. You mentioned just briefly about the surround sound at the live show in London. Is technology changing with the sound? Well, at the moment, I'm finding the Atmos thing was one of the most excited I've been about sound ever because it suddenly historically when i was listening to a mix or doing a mix rather i would see it like a picture where i'd try and put the hi-hat in a certain place the snare in a place the bass below you and then position the, the sonic how you're hearing it in the stereo image then i'd be moving it in out making it almost like a bulbous breathing lump of you know, bits of sound you know exploding all over that's what i'm trying to do well you know the saying you've got eyes at the back of your head well, with this, you've got sound at the back of your head. So rather than trying to make the illusion that it's behind you or disappearing in the distance, you can control this to an extent where it's like, all oh, right. Now, the problem is, I don't think enough people are going to use it as drastically as I would. And plus, the technology needs to step up quickly. And a lot of people need to be working in this and making it much more active to get the headphone side of it, you know, because you can get the speakers now. We need to start getting the material out there in it so people can hear it and get as excited and get off on it as much as um, the people who've been privileged to hear it like we have. 
in, in the right environment. You've been to Japan many, many times. You've had lots of interaction with Japan over the years. Japan has an impact on all of us, you know, whether you come for a couple of days or whether you end up living here for years and years. Do you think Japan's changed you in any way or had an impact on you in some way? 100% Japan's been one of the biggest influences on me. I've got two half-Japanese children and now my son's about to have uh, his first child in November. My daughter Denise has got two children. They're all coming to Japan next year. My history goes back here. I think I first came here in 84, when the times of Pithecanthropus erectus and red shoes, and I've um, witnessed it go from the bubble to the time now when I know Japanese people are having a hard time because the economy is nothing like it was. But I've never come across such a more dignified and the creativity and the Zen beauty of the Japanese people and the respect here, how people operate as um, a community as well. I've learned so much and I've got so much love for Japan. It's not true. And I um, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. We're leaving Japan. We're going on a journey. You've got your passport, you've got a credit card and you've got your mobile device. Is there a must-have item in your life? As long as I've got, I can see what I'm doing, I've got my glasses on <laughs> and the ability to chat and interact with people. I'm a happy lad. I'm not dependent on a, a prop, really. I mean, obviously... Everywhere you go, you're wanting to discover new things. I love coming somewhere and saying, show me something, show me something, let me smell what's here, what's new. Your life is immersed in music. Do you listen to music on the move? No, I tend I tend to, because of what I do, I, I go through bursts of music, then I have a calm, and I want it to be, even at home now when I'm making things, I tend to work no more than two, maybe th- two days a week if I can, or three, and totally go into it. So when I go to work, I'm excited. It's not even work. They call it work. It's like not really work. When I, when I go into the studio to do what... Um, you play. When we're playing, yeah, playing around. And I want it to be in... Like, what, one thing I learned from Lee Perry is, like, you've got to think you're making something great or something magic can happen. And you want to go in there with that kind of feeling when you do go to play, to work. And finally, on a journey, if you could have a travel companion sitting with you and sit down and have a, an amazing conversation or over a meal... Anyone from history or anyone alive today, who would you love to sit down with and have a chat with? Well, currently, I just lost my friend, my dear friend Mark Stewart, just died. And just sitting down with Mark, who is a highly intelligent, highly bright and a complete pee-taking lunatic, fun. <laughs> it's very hard to come to terms with when anyone passes, but I'd have to say dear Mark Stewart, because he's probably one of the biggest, inf- well, he is one of the biggest influences on me musically and his outlook on life and at the moment say, Mark, God bless. Well, thank you for the conversation. Thanks for having me. Ciao. And thank you for joining us today. For more interviews and information, please go to guyperryman.com.